Let's all just worship God and praise him together. Jesus, we love you. We thank you. We glorify your wonderful name. Thank you for the privilege to be in the house of the Lord. God, we ask you to bless our time together. We ask you to bless the word of God to our hearts, God, as we study thy word here this morning. We ask you to bless the entire morning service. Bless all of our Sunday school classes, Jesus, that's going on at this time. We praise and worship and glorify you in all things we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Turn to your neighbor, shake their hand, greet them in Jesus' name. Amen. We're so happy for all of you that are with us. And you may be seated. God bless you. Last week we uh, spoke to you about the judgments of God. This this is the subject that we are on at this time. And we talked to you about the judgments of God that's coming on the earth. And uh, we mentioned to you that there were three uh, sources from which the judgments of God will come. Number one, it will come from man himself. Number two, it will come from the earth. The earth itself will bring forth judgments upon the human race. And number three, there will be judgments from outer space. Last week, we primarily talked to you about the judgments uh, that would come from man. And we took the time to talk to you and read some articles to you about the danger of nuclear war. I don't think anyone has to uh, wonder about that because we all know that, you know, we've got uh, what this fellow that's named, I always call him the guy with the bad haircut, uh, Kim Jong-un, uh, uh, it is, Kim, uh, Kim Jong-un, I think I can pronounce it right, uh, who is dictator of North Korea, uh, who is a rogue, and he's gotten the nuclear weapon, and he's got intercontinental, uh, intercontinental ballistic missiles now, and uh, he's really flexing his muscles, and, uh, and he's got the whole world quite concerned. What we read to you last week was a an article, or several articles actually, that we had clipped out of newspapers where there had been a study that if there was a nuclear war in the world, it doesn't have to be us involved, it's just a nuclear war between anyone, that it, would, it could create uh, a nuclear winter would affect the weather, the, the dust in the air and all would cut out the sun, it would make the earth cold. And scientists said that it could bring forth a lot of cold weather, severe weather, and uh, it could just do a great deal of damage. And and they talked about how that a nuclear war could actually take the life of 1.1 billion people and another 1.1 billion people would eventually die or be affected by it and so forth. Well, when we read in the book of Revelation, in the sixth chapter, we read for one-third of the world population is killed following a war and then there would be a famine, and then there would just be multiple types of deaths that would fall out on that. Now, we, we talked about that, and I'm not teaching this to scare us. Uh, the purpose of me showing you this in the Bible is to let us know that we are coming to that period of time in which God will judge the world. He will judge the world. And uh, the Bible tells us that the Lord you know, made all things, therefore... He owns all things, and he has a right to judge or use or do whatever he wants to do. And he even made mankind. He made us. 
That's why we owe him our praise. We owe him our worship. We owe him our respect. The fear of God is actually a respect for God. The fear of God is a respect for God. It's not fearing God that like we would fear some booger man in a closet. Uh, The Lord doesn't want us to feel that way toward him. But he does want us to respect him and to understand that his laws and his word and all of these things are important to God. Therefore, they should be important to us. And so the Lord is saying, because I have been your savior, there will come a time I will be your judge. And uh, so we have talked to you about these things in times past. We also talked to you last week a little bit about the judgments from the earth itself. And uh, I even mentioned in the close of our Bible study last week that, uh, that, that earthquakes will be taking place. Well, as you well know, this week there was an earthquake in Mexico. The epicenter was just south of uh, Mexico City, but it affected Mexico City very greatly, very strongly. Uh, last count that I heard was 286 people have been killed in that earthquake down in Mexico. And then, of course, we heard about the, the second hurricane, the one that hit Puerto Rico and devastated it. The first one hit the north side of Puerto Rico and came on on up into Florida. Well, we were mostly concerned about it coming to Florida, so that's what we heard on the news. But Puerto Rico was very, very much uh, hit hard on that first hurricane. And then came the second one and came right through the middle and the heart of it and had winds up to, up to a category five hurricane. I understand up to 75, 80 miles an hour winds. And it has devastated Puerto Rico. Now, all of us know that Puerto Rico is, uh, has been affected very greatly. Uh, one commentator made this statement. He said, it is of bib- biblical proportions. It's strange that he used the Bible for that. But Puerto Rico has been devastated according to biblical proportions. And uh, I just want to just point out to you here that Puerto Rico has not determined yet how many people have died in that hurricane. There were rural areas they can't even get to where the people are poor, the people are, and they have smaller homes, they're in smaller buildings, and so forth, and they're flooded, and they can't even get to them yet. And they can't even get supplies to them at this point. So I'm just telling you here that the devastation of Puerto Rico, these are things that are happening on the earth uh, that's just coming from the earth. Now, I read to you some scriptures, and I want to touch base on them again here this morning. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to look with me again here in Leviticus. And this is a verse of scripture. in which the Lord told Israel, I'm going to take you into the promised land and I'm going to give the land that is called the promised land or the land of Palestine, as we call it, which Palestine means Philistine. Uh, I'm going to give you that land and those people will be driven out. Those people are being taken out of that land. Here's what the Lord told Moses to tell the children of Israel. He said, defile not ye yourselves in any of these things. Now, he just got through listing some things that he was talking about. One of these days, I'm going to talk to you about some of these things that the world is defiling themselves with to God. And uh, I won't go into detail on this, but just the verse or two before the 22nd verse. Let me just read this to you. Uh, 
Look at the 22nd verse, and there's others beside it. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. We call that homosexuality. There are many scriptures involved in that. And uh, someday I'll take time to show you that. It's really, it's opposed so vehemently today that a lot of ministers won't even mention it anymore. But I'm just telling you, this is an abomination. It's an abominable sin in America, and it's becoming worse and worse. And uh, I'm just letting you know that this is part of it. And so when he comes to verse 24, I'm reading verse 22 now, verse 24. Defile not yourselves in any of these things. And and there's a lot of others before that, but I won't get into those things today. Verse 24 here, defile not yourselves in any of these things. For in all these, the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. In other words, the Lord said, the land I'm giving you, I've cast the people out of that land, which I cast out before you. Look at verse 25. And the land is defiled. Therefore, I do visit the iniquity there upon it. And the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants. The land casteth out her inhabitants. Look at verse 27. For all these abominations are the men of the land, land done which were before you. And the land is defiled. That the land spew not you out also. is It's a repeat of what he just said in verse 24 and 25. That the land spew not you out also when you defile it, as it spewed out the nations that were before you. So I'm just reading this verse of scripture here to show you that the Lord warned Israel, don't you do that when you go to Palestine. If you do, you'll be cast out of that land as well. And that that happened. That happened. I don't need to tell you about it. It happened twice. Babylonian captivity and, of course, the Assyrian captivity and the Babylonian captivity. And then, finally, the Roman captivity in 70 A.D. And that's why there are Jews today scattered in all the world. Israel as a nation has only been established since, since World War II, following World War II. And uh, so the Jews are scattered all over the world, and it all happened in 70 A.D. back there. Now, I'm not going to get in so much into that. One day I'll teach a study on the restoration of Israel, what God has planned for Israel and about us as well. Uh, I want you to look at chapter uh, 24 here of Isaiah. And this is what Isaiah says about it. He's talking now about us Gentiles and not about the Jews. This is what he says here in, in Isaiah 24. One, behold, the Lord maketh the earth empty. He maketh it waste. He turneth it upside down and scattereth abroad the inhabitants thereof. Look at verse 3 and 4. The land shall be utterly emptied and utterly spoiled, for the Lord hath spoken the word. The earth mourneth and fadeth away. The world languish and fadeth away. The haughty people of the earth do languish. Look at verse 5, and this is where I'm going. Verse 5, the earth also is defiled. Just like the Lord warned the, the Jews going into Palestine that the people were before them had defiled the land. It says the earth is defiled under the inhabitants thereof because they have transgressed the laws, changed the ordinance, and broken the everlasting covenant. The everlasting covenant is spelled out in Genesis 9, 16. I won't take, talk to you about that, but that's an interesting study itself. Verse 6, therefore hath the curse devoured the earth, and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. 
So what I'm trying to say here to you is that the Lord, who is the God of the earth as well as God of the heavens and everything else, the Lord can cause anything to happen. And I personally believe, this is my belief, that God is trying to give us a wake-up call in these days and times that we're living in. And I told you about my the guy that uh, services my swimming pool. And he said to me the other day, he says, boy, something's going on. I don't know what it is. I don't know, uh, you know what's going on. You know, he said, is the earth getting cold or is there warming or cooling? Or, you know, you hear all these stories, ice age coming and all that kind of stuff. And I said, well, Jesus is coming. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Jesus is coming back. And he said, if you find out more about that, let me know. So I'm going to take some time here in the near future and talk to him about it. I mentioned that to you last week. But people are beginning to notice that. You, you, you can't help but do it. These, these are disasters that are in great proportion, you know. And folks, it will continue. It will continue. Uh, we're going to see more things. You're going to hear more about more earthquakes. They're going to be, because the Bible talks about that, that these things would happen in the last days. And... Uh, so here at Isaiah, it talks about how that this uh, everlasting covenant, and then it goes on to say here, I'm going to read verse six, therefore hath the curse devoured the earth and they that dwell therein are desolate. Therefore the inhabitants of the earth are burned and few men left. So it talks about the judgments of God upon the Gentile world whenever the earth uh, comes to that place and gets in that particular situation that we are looking at talking about. Amen. Uh, it's, uh, <clears throat> I just want to let you know here that God's going to shake the earth. I want to look at a verse over here in Revelations chapter 6. We've already looked at it once before. 6.12, and it's talking about a great earthquake. I want to talk about earthquakes is coming on the earth, and they will intensify. And I read an article one time where it said that they have kept, since they have kept track of earthquakes, the earthquakes have become more often than they used to, used to be since they've been keeping track of it and earthquakes now are more often and they are registering them coming more often and you know in different places and so forth i'm reading here from revelations chapter 6 verse 12 i beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo there was a great earthquake great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood now, when there's a great earthquake, sometimes the, the dust and all the stuff goes up into the sky. And uh, especially if there's a volcano eruption that goes with the earthquake. And it fills the air and it, it'll affect the sun. The sun, as far as we are concerned, it doesn't affect the sun, but it'll affect our relationship with the sun. That is the sun shining through to us in its normal way. So it says here that, uh, the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood. And that's the appearance of it and everything. Down in verse 14, I'm just skipping here to save time. And the heavens departed as a scroll when it's rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their places. Earthquake where the mountains and islands were moved out of their places. Uh, I'm going to read another verse of scripture that's in Revelations chapter 16. I'm just telling you, these are things coming on the earth. And I'm saying here again, they're not to scare us. They're to let us know that of the day and the hour we're living. And it's time, if you're not there, it's time to get ready to meet the Lord. It's time to get right with God. And if there's anything in your life that shouldn't be there, get, out of, get it out of your life. You know, walk with God. 
when the Lord told Israel to go into, I'm going to read this verse just a minute. When the Lord told Israel to go into Palestine and take the land, he says, drive out the inhabitants. Don't permit them to remain. If they do, they will wear you down and cause you to sin. And Israel went in and began to drive out the inhabitants. And finally, they started making peace with some of them and let them remain. And it was those inhabitants that they let remain that eventually became a source of temptation. And they introduced their idols. They introduced their gods to Israel and caused Israel to fall. Now, you and I, when we are saved, being saved is like Israel came out of Egypt. We come out of the world. We come out of the world God saves us. He puts us in Canaan's land. He puts us in the church, puts us in his kingdom with joy and peace and happiness, the Holy Ghost. If we do not drive out those things in our lives, what were you doing? What were you involved in? What was in your life before you got saved? You know, if you don't drive those things out, they will come back to haunt you, to worry you, to frustrate you, to, uh, to cause you to fall back into some of the sins that you were in. Uh, we had a man in this church one time that came to the Lord, got saved, and he was in witchcraft. He and his wife both were in witchcraft. And uh, he was just, uh, he was, he came out, and I remember he was the, it was the hardest effort I ever put forth trying to pray somebody through to the Holy Ghost. We prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and until we cast the devil out of that guy until he broke through and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. The guy had victory. He lived for God and walked with God for, for years. And then he began to go back and pick up some of that old stuff that he used to do. He got, he went down South Florida and he was down there by himself and he decided to go, he got lonely and decided to go visit a bar. He remembered it in his, when he was saved, before he got saved, he used to go to a bar and then people be laughing and, and they'll all be happy and they're all happy hour, you know, and they're all drinking their liquor or whatever it is, the beers and everything. And there's people and there's crowd and he's here again. And at home he was by himself while he was, you know, away from home for doing some work for the, the company he worked for. And uh, so the next thing you know, he was in the bar. Next thing you know, he was drinking with them. Next thing you know, he's back to drinking again. And once that alcohol got a hold of him, he became an alcoholic all over again. And next thing I know, and I remember spending hours with him, trying to get him back off of it again and trying to help him through it and everything. And, and he, he just went down, down, down. And the guy died a premature death and he died from alcohol. And I'm just trying to tell you here, when you get out of this old world, uh, get rid of those things. And don't let anything stay in your life. Can I just say something to you men? I'm speaking from my heart here. If you've got pornography in your life, get rid of that mess. You men, you know, get pornography out of your life. I don't know of anybody here that is. I don't know anything. I don't know nothing about it. I just know it exists. And this pornography, they push that stuff. And they, you know, I don't know a lot about the internet stuff. You know, as you well know, I'm about as ignorant on the internet as, as anybody in this room is and everything. I don't know a whole lot about it, but I know it's out there. And I'm just trying to say here for you men, get rid of that mess out of your life. Praise God. And all those things that bring about temptation. If you walk this way and you got to, and, and you're trying to lose weight, you pass a donut shop. And everything, and there's a temptation to go in there and eat a couple of donuts before you go on down, go on to work in the morning. Go a different route. 
That's what you have to do to lose the weight, right? All right. It's the same thing about spiritual temptations. Spiritual temptations. Go a different route. Praise God. And so I'm just trying to say here that we have to put forth that effort. And so drive out the enemy out of your life so you can walk with God. And when you come to church, praise the Lord, worship God. There's nothing like puts the devil to flight than worshiping the Lord. Don't come to church and just say and, and be there and just, you know, like this, you know. But come to church amen, and lift your hands and worship God and praise the Lord. If you don't feel like worshiping, you will if you will begin to worship. You can worship God without feeling like, you, you, like, you know, the Holy Ghost is moving. And if you will start worshiping God, you'll start feeling the presence of God. Praise the Lord. And the Lord will give you power and strength to be able to put anything in your life that needs to be put out of your life. So I'm just speaking from, this is Bishop Myers talking here a little bit this morning. Just speaking from my heart that we need to put these things up because Jesus is coming soon. And these judgments are going to intensify and the Bible says, when you see these things come to pass, then look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Hallelujah. There's a lot of crazy things going on in the world. I'm going to tell you something. There's hardly anything on TV worth looking at anymore. I mean, you know, for you folks that may look at TV and this entertainment for you, it's getting worse and worse and worse. And let me just warn you on this. I'm still talking. This is Bishop Myers talking. Okay. Let me just tell you this this morning. This stuff about the dead, this is Halloween coming up now. And they, they pump this stuff up and that's devilish. That stuff is satanic. Don't think it isn't. It's stuff all about the dead, about the dead. When, when, when do we start playing with the dead? You know, that's what the Gadarean demoniac was doing when Jesus went over to the land of the Gadareans across the sea, you know, with the storm. And then he calmed the sea and all that kind of stuff with the disciples. They said, you care not that we perish. And when he got over to Gadaria and, the, and uh, the boat had hardly scratched up on the sand and Jesus stepped out when that Gadarean came in. Yeah, 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 I care not. He was a wild man. He was crazy. He was full of demons, full of demons. And Jesus cast out the demons into the pigs. And you know the story. They ran down the cliff and the pigs all drowned. But he was playing around in the graveyard. That's where he lived. He wasn't in the city with the people. He was in the graveyard. That's because the devil was in him. So I just don't mess around with that dead stuff. This, uh, this stuff that they got on, I don't know where it's coming from, but it's like walking dead. Oh God, that is horrible. That's of the devil. That stuff is weird. I mean, it's, un, it's, it's insane. And, and don't ever give yourself or your time. I don't care how curious you are. Don't even mess with that stuff. And Halloween is getting worse and worse. And you notice that it used to start Halloween season. It used to start about October 15th through the October 30th for about two weeks ahead of time. Now it starts the middle of September. It's the middle of September. They're working on Halloween and they're hanging out all the skeletons and, you know, human bones. It's not real, but, it, you know, it's supposed to simulate and all that stuff. And, and why in skulls? Oh, it goes on and on and, and, and just every kind of imagination of the, of the dead. So I'm just trying to tell you here today that there's people that play this stuff. They have a camp. They go and, and they put on all this stuff and they look like there's something dead walking around and they have a little and they have a big camp out and they all I don't know what they do. They walk around scared of each other. I have no idea. It's stupid. It's adults playing a game, but they're playing with the whole concept of the dead. 
And I'm telling you, it's very devilish and very you know, satanic. So don't ever get involved in that kind of stuff. And I've said my piece about it. And I'll move on here. But I'm just saying here that God wants us, praise the Lord, to worship him, glorify him, magnify his name. People get so far away from God until you talk about the things of God and it's strange to them. It's very strange. You mean you worship? You mean you believe that God has to be worshiped? You mean he requires us to worship him? Well, of course he does. He made us. He he deserves our worship. Praise the Lord. He made all things. The breath we breathe. Everybody breathe in and breathe out. He gave us that. Praise the Lord. It says he gave it. I owe him. Praise the Lord. I owe him a praise and worship and glory. Amen. Because he is God Almighty. Well, I'll move on here. I'm just getting on a roll here. Am I not? <laughs> Praise God. All right. But I'm just seeing here that the, all these things are coming on the earth. And these are things that are facing us in these times and days and years that we're living in. Uh, I want to read... Uh, I want to read one other verse of scripture over here in Revelations chapter 6 where we read a while ago. It says here that uh, when all these things begin to happen, the mountains and the earth begins to shake uh, in Revelations chapter 6 verse 15. I've read this before to you. I know it's sort of a review here. But look at 15. The kings of the earth and the great men, the rich men and the chief captains, the mighty men, every bondman, every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. And said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath is coming who shall be able to stand. And so it's describing here when there's earthquakes that will shake the earth and men will be very afraid. Now that same verse of scripture that we read in Revelation is recorded over here as well in Isaiah chapter 2 verse 10 for instance. Enter into the rocks. And hide thee in the dust for fear of the Lord and for the glory of his majesty. Then jumping to verse 19. And they shall go into the holes of the rocks and into the caves of the earth. I'm in uh, Isaiah 2, 19 here. I don't want to get ahead of our people here. Do we have anybody upstairs? I'm sorry. I thought you was having the scripture on the, on the man up here. I guess something's not working. Uh, and they shall go into the holes and rocks and into the caves of the earth for fear of the Lord for the glory of his majesty when he arises to shake terribly the earth. And then in verse 21, to go into the clefts of the rocks and to the tops of the ragged rocks for fear of the Lord and for the glory of the majesty when he arises to shake terribly the earth. So God is going to shake this earth and he's going to cause all of these things to happen. Praise the Lord. Now, I want to talk to you about the third thing that we talked about. We talked to you about judgments coming from mankind. That is, the men will go to war with each other. Uh, we talk to you here about the judgments of the earth and how the, the earth will begin to react in these last days. And along with that, the heavens will also begin to respond and react. And uh, they, I say react, I don't know if it's a reactment or whether it's just God's actions put in play. But anyhow, God will cause all these things to come about. And I want you to notice here, and I give you a lot of scriptures because I want you to know The Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. And we have to understand here that the word of God, it doesn't just say one thing one time. It usually says it over and over. If you ever read a scripture and then two or three, four places down, it repeats that same verse in a different way. It's the Lord saying, I really mean this. I want you to understand. I'm not just saying it, but this is really true. It's really emphasized. 
So in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established, the Bible says. That's part of the commandment of the Lord in the Old Testament and in the New Testament as well. All right, let me read this verse of scripture to you here uh, that I'm going to read to you here. I want you to, we were talking about the judgment from outer space. I want you to look with me in Matthew, uh, in Matthew chapter uh, 24. These are the words of Jesus now. These are the words of Jesus. And uh, what I'm going to read to you here is Matthew uh, uh, 24. And I'm going to read here uh, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. For a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. And then it goes on to say here in this this, uh, 24th verse in chapter 1, Jesus went out and departed from the temple. His disciples came to him to show him the building of the temple. Now notice this. And Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Now this is Jesus. He'd been teaching in the temple his disciples and him, they came out of the temple. They went down in the valley of the, that was outside on the east side of the temple, went up on the hill, uh, Zion, called the hill of Zion, not Zion, but uh, uh, Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, see, the, see you not all these things? And as you look across the Mount of Olives, you can look over and see the temple mount. And back then is the temple mount. If you were there today, you would see the shrine of the rock, the Muslim building that's there. It's called the Shrine of the Rock. It has a gold dome on it. But a long time ago in Jesus' time, it was the temple. Jesus said unto them, see you not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left there. One stone upon another shall not be thrown down. He told them about the temple. Verse 3, and as they sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, uh, saying to him, "Tell, tell us, Lord, when shall these things be? The destruction of the temple. And what shall be the sign of thy coming when you come back again? And of the end of the world. So there were three questions that they asked him here. So in this discourse, this 24th chapter here, where Jesus speaks of things coming on the earth, some of it applies to the destruction of the temple, some of it to the ends of the earth, and some of it, of course, down at the end, whenever you and I, just before his coming. Now, let me read this verse 29 to you. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. Notice that powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And so the Lord prophesied that and he spoke about that here in these verses. Now, uh, this is what Mark says, and these are the same This is the same dissertation that Jesus gave. This is Mark's recording of it. But in those days after that tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. The stars of heaven shall fall and the powers that are in heaven shall be shaken. It's pretty well the very same thing. Now, here's what Luke says. I'm saying this so that you'll understand here that between these men, they pretty well cover everything that may have been said by the Lord. In Luke 21, 11 and a great earthquake shall be in divers places and famines and pestilence and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. He goes on to say, and there shall be signs in the sun and the moon, the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations and with perplexity. And look at this next one here in Luke uh, 21, 25, the seas and the waves roaring 
the seas and the waves roaring. If you've got a pen and can write this down, this is Luke 21, 25. I'm sorry we don't have our screen lit up here. Uh, the seas and the waves roaring right in that tsunami, or we used to call them tidal waves, tidal waves. So, you know, in my young days, these are tidal waves. Then we came along with the word tsunami, and that's what it means. But it's whenever earthquakes are out in the sea and they create huge waves that come rolling in, you know. There is a fear, I don't know whether you know this or not, but there is a fear that a tidal wave could one day hit the east coast of, of Florida. Did you know that? Because, in that, because of hurricanes, things develop, but if there's a hurricane off the coast of, of North Africa or in southern Spain or somewhere in the European Gibraltar area there, if there's an earthquake or even this side of that, if there should be an earthquake there, it could create a tidal wave. And a tidal wave is, a, is whenever the water begins to roll and it begins to roll toward the earth and it just begins to swell and it swells and swells and swells and all of a sudden it starts coming out of the sea. And next thing you know, it hits the sea and a big wave comes in and everything along the, along the coast, especially on the ocean, if you're thinking about buying a condominium on the ocean, you may want to think twice about it. But I'm just trying to say here, there is concern about that. And they have right. It could be that way. It could be in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, you know, so, you know, or it could be in, up north anywhere. I'm just pointing out to you here that we are subject to so many things. Now, does that, should that make us afraid and fearful and be concerned and biting our fingernails all the time? And say, what do we do? You walk with God. And one day I'm going to give a Bible study in its detail on this. But if you walk with God and you serve the Lord, God's word with multiple scriptures assures you that you will be okay, that God will take care of you. He, he has not pronounced his judgment upon his people. Now, understand we may suffer persecution by man. The church is not exempt from persecution, never has been, never will be. We will have persecution from man. But the judgments of God, and that's what we're looking at here in the book of Revelation, these judgments of God that's coming from space and so forth, these things, praise God, will not affect man's soul. Walk with God, serve the Lord, and live for him, and God will keep his hand on us. And, of course, when all these things begin to come on the earth in the heavy-duty measure, hopefully the rapture will have taken place and we will be with him in glory. Praise God. Amen. So get ready for the rapture if you're not ready for the rapture. How do I get ready for the rapture, Brother Myers? Repent of your sins. Be baptized in Jesus' name. The Bible says that by baptism in Jesus' name, our sins are washed away. And it's washed away by the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb is applied to the baptism. And then be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If that spirit that was in him dwell in you, it shall also quicken your mortal body at the last trump. So when the trumpet sounds, amen, the Holy Ghost will quicken you and you take you up. So we need the spirit of God to live for him every day and serve him as we should. And we need the spirit of God to be ready when the rapture comes. Folks, don't play around with God. Let's get right and get ready for the Lord. I'm telling you something. God is really wanting the church to wake up. I firmly believe that. He wants us to get into prayer. Your pastor is right on target with everything he's saying to us. He wants us to get involved in prayer. He wants us to seek his face. He wants us to begin to consecrate our lives to him. Who knows what God wants to do before he comes back? All of these signs are there. We know the Lord's coming. 
But God has also, he has people out there yet that's not been saved, that he wants to save and he wants to use us. God has chosen to involve his people in the process of salvation. Did you know that? That's why, it's why he told Cornelius, said don't, he sent an angel and said to Cornelius, the angel said to Cornelius, I'll send up there and there'll be a man named Peter come down here and he'll tell you what to do. The angel could have told Peter what to, Cornelius what to do. Cornelius, you need to repent, be baptized in Jesus' name, be filled with the Holy Ghost. The angel could have told Cornelius that, but God has incorporated us. So he said to the Cornelius, the angel said to Cornelius, I'm not going to tell you what to do. He didn't say that. I'm seeing that. But I'm not telling you what to do. You send, to, you send up to Joppa, down to Joppa, to a man by the name of Peter, and he will come and tell you what to do. And God has involved us. Amen. You go in all the world and be a witness and testify and you know, preach the gospel and so forth. We baptize. Amen. Go in all the world and, and baptize. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Okay, so it's up to us going to all the world and, and preach the gospel, baptizing. So man is involved. You understand what I'm saying here? So we're not just saying, okay, God, save whoever you want to save. We have to reach out. And it can be your loved ones, your family, uh, anybody that you want to, just reach out to them and God will bring them into his wonderful presence. Let me go a little bit further here. Uh, we've been reading here in Luke and all of these things, things that's coming on the earth. Another verse of scripture that I'll read to you here in uh, Isaiah 13, if I may, for a minute. Isaiah 13. And uh, this is, uh, let, me, let me find it here. This is uh, 13.9. It says, Behold, the day of the Lord cometh cruel, both with wrath and fierce anger and and lay the land desolate, and he shall destroy the sinners thereof out of it. For the stars of heaven, verse 10, this is Isaiah thirteen ten. For the stars of heaven and the constellations thereof shall not give their light. The sun shall be darkened, and in her going forth, and the moon shall not cause her light to shine. And I will punish the world. And uh, he says in verse 13, Therefore I will shake the heavens, and the earth shall remove out of her place. In the wrath of the Lord of hosts, in the day of his fierce anger. And uh, so it gives us a picture here that the earth will, be, will move out of her place. I'm just trying to give you a picture here, folks, of all these things coming on the earth. And uh, the things that God has pronounced that would be come to pass. And uh, I'm going to read one other verse here to you. This is Revelations 8 and uh, 8, 10. And I won't read no more verses. I'm going to read an article to you out of the papers here. The third angel sounded, and there was a great star fell from heaven. This is, uh, you got it, good, thank you. Thank you, you brethren and sisters that works up there. This is eight and 10. And the third angel sounded, and there fell a great star from heaven, burning as it were a lamp. And it fell upon the third part of the rivers and upon the, the fountains of the waters. And the name of the star is called Wormwood. And the third part of the waters became wormwood, and many men died of the waters because they were made bitter. Uh, bitter is to assume they were they were poisonous, and everything. And uh, I'm going to read something. These are this what I have here is uh, is some newspaper clippings and articles. I'll just show you like this. Uh, let me read a couple things to you here, and then we're going to wind up here. But uh, this is. 
I got a couple of articles here. Let me read this to you. This is interesting. This is, the Bible says this, and then scientists are saying this. You see what I'm saying? And I read some other things to you here about the earthquake situation and the nuclear war and so forth. This one here says, an asteroid large enough to cause widespread destruction may be headed toward a 2028 collision with the earth. In 2028, well, we're we're in in 1918, approaching 1918. This is about over 10 years away. It has enormous destructive potential. It scares me. This is what a man said, quote, scares me. It really does, said Jack G. Hills, an asteroid specialist at the Los Alamos National Laboratory. An object this big hitting the earth has the potential of killing many, many people. He says the mile-wide space rock, and it's called XF-11. They have a number for it. The, the, he goes on to say this means a collision with Earth is theoretically possible. <clears throat> Asteroids are routinely observed and plotted by astronomers around the world because of their potential for great destruction on Earth. Uh, Marin said that no asteroid of this size has ever been predicted to pass so close to the earth. It goes on to say asteroid FX11 was discovered by the University of Arizona Space Watch Program and was added to a list of 108 asteroids considered to be potentially hazardous objects. It goes on to say uh, the observations also made earlier that the University of Texas astronomers showed that the asteroids would make its approach to the Earth on October 26, 2028, at about 1.30 p.m. <laughs> they even got it nailed down when the time would be. That's interesting to me. So anyhow, this is another article here. About 1,000 asteroids could threaten Earth, experts say. Up to 1,000 asteroids or larger. This is, another, this is another article out of another newspaper. Up to 1,000 uh, asteroids are large enough to to close and, uh, enough to pose a, and close enough to pose a potential risk to the Earth. There are 500 to 1,000 nearby asteroids big enough to cause planet-wide damage if they collided with Earth. There are probably 2,000 to 4,000 asteroids of about one-third of a mile in diameter that cross the orbital path of Earth. These would be big enough to cause extensive regional damage if they hit Earth. Asteroid impacts have scarred the Earth and Moon for years, but the impact of very large asteroids, the so-called planet killers, are extremely rare. It goes on to say here, and I'm finishing up, through a worldwide effort, astronomers have now identified about 15% to 20% of the predicted number of asteroids dangerous to the Earth. Uh, He went on to say here that the goal is to find at least 90% of the expected number. They're only now looking at about 15, 20%. That means that there's another large percentage that they have not picked up on or discovered or they are in touch with that they know that's a danger that's coming. And uh, here's an article that's taken from a NASA newspaper here, NASA newspaper. Well, that does show up. Okay, thank you. It's a NASA newspaper. You can't see it. It's out of focus. I'm sorry. Uh, I guess I should hit that button there. 
There we go. It's a NASA newspaper here. I'm going to read this, just a few, a few things to you here. Researchers at NASA Observatory have released the results of radar observations of the potentially hazardous asteroid 99942, Apophis. It goes on to say here that paper has been accepted for publication in the Science Journal. And it goes on to say here that they had a meeting, in, in fact, in Orlando, Florida. The analysis of, of apophysis goes on to say it's a close encounter that is not dangerous like Apollo 2029. Nonetheless, close enough to observe the approx- proximity of the danger of a laser approach, of a later approach, like uh, Apollo 2036, Apophis, I should say, 2036, by amplifying trajectory predictions, uncertainties caused by difficult to observe physical characteristics interacting with solar radiation as well as other late, with other factors. And so they go into detail that it does not have to be a direct hit. It could be all kinds of effects that it would have. It goes on to say that there's one that should hit the earth in 2029. I think the one that says 2028 here and the one that says 2029 is the same one they're talking about. And it says here, there's also a danger of a later approach of another one, this 2036. And uh, I won't try to go in detail. My time's gone here. But the point that I'm reading, making to you here is that both uh, NASA and scientists are concerned about these asteroids and these meteorites, uh, shooting stars and things in the sky, or meteorites that come into the atmosphere and they burn up before they hit Earth. Therefore, they're just shooting stars. But some of them are so large, they don't burn up completely. They come right on through the atmosphere and eventually hit the Earth. And so there probably is going to be some kind of a bombardment of that when it talks about the stars of heaven falling upon the Earth. And it talks about a big one like a mountain or like a star that falls out of heaven hits the Earth and everything, that's got to be a huge thing. There's even been movies made along this line because they know of the possibility of it. And you say, Brother Myers, why is this important? Because it's in the Bible. The Bible predicts that these things will come to pass. And I'm trying to show you that the scientific world likewise is saying these things will come to pass. So what do we do? We live for God. We walk with the Lord. We keep our faith in Jesus Christ. And one day Jesus is coming back for his people. Hallelujah. And talk to everybody you can. Try to get everybody saved that you can. Invite them to church. Say, you got to come to the Lord and find the Lord because that's on our only way out. Folks, there's a lot of people today that are worried. They are concerned. They are hearing about earthquakes. They're hearing about these hurricanes. They're hearing about a crazy rocket man across the world over there. You know, Kim Jong-un. And they're hearing all about him and what he's trying to do. And they wonder what's coming on the earth. And so I think it's time for us to tell people Jesus Christ is the answer. Let's stand together, give him the praise and glory and thank him here this morning. You've been a great audience. God bless you. Jesus, we love you, Lord. We praise and worship you and we thank you, Lord. Bless this congregation this morning. Bless our morning service. Bless our time of worship. We glorify you for all things and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.